I love artist editions. I think they're one of the great comic book uh, formats of the last several years. And this is essentially an artist edition from Heritage Auctions. You can see it. It's, I don't know, 100 pages plus of high quality scans on that artist edition level. I had no idea these existed until a cartoonist kayfabe fan sent us a stack of these. So super excited to share this with the audience because it's comic book art. Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. I want to remind everybody of Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July. The last Saturday in July, we invite our audience to join us in putting comic books, whether they're doubles, extras, comps, whatever you have, put some good comics in your little local lending library and take a picture of it. Share it on social media because we are trying to make new comic book readers. We know readers go and use those little local lending libraries. so put comic books in there and let's see if we can get a couple of new readers to join the fray. And uh, we had probably a thousand social media posts sharing photos of those things last year. The comics look great peeking out of those little libraries. So take a picture and share that on social media and let's try to grow some new readers. I also want to remind everybody of the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. There are levels there that get you access to our videos ahead of time so you can get ahead of the Kayfabe effect. And at the King Kayfaber level, you are sitting in while we record and adding to the conversation. So check out our Patreon, see what level fits you. All right, Ed, as I said at the top, this is Heritage Auctions catalogs, big square bound editions, $50 cover price on these things. I don't know how frequently they are published, but I feel like the Kayfaber that sent these to us, it was a couple of years worth yeah. and they must have been this many right yeah there was probably at least 30. so i wonder like this is an auction for september 8th through the 12th according to the spine here i don't know if they're releasing these things weekly or how frequently they come out but they're amazing the, the production values are as good as any book that i'm looking at for comic art reproduction i was blown away when i started looking through these i more or less picked this one at random uh but there's millers in here there's dan Klaus, mike mignola uh, Kirby's, you name it, they're in here. And I figured we would just kind of do a flip through, look at some of the artwork that is available and uh, basically let everybody know that like these things exist. If you can find them somewhere, these are beautiful art collections for comic book fans. Yeah, totally. You know, Heritage Auctions, like you go to, you go to the site and you get to see those super high res images. So if this was anything less, that would be a big mistake. Yeah, you couldn't really do this on the cheap. Although I have catalogs of original art going back to the 70s. Like we looked at Super Graphics, the Jim Steranko collection, and much lower production value, one color printing and stuff for the most part. How much do you appreciate the four color original art after you've looked at some of those black and white totally. <laughs> versions? Um, so crisp and very sharp. And it reminds me a little bit of, we looked at like those European Steve Ditko books uh, of, of, from an art show. Yeah. And it almost looked like they were scanning or printing or something at a higher quality. I feel like that's what we're getting here because when you see the small reproductions, their lines are just crisp and as sharp as you could. I can't imagine better. No, this is like high definition printing or something. Totally. You know, I'm doing a, a Sotheby's auction right now, participating in that, and they scan the back of the art too. That's like the wow. the, the B image that you get to see is just uh, like, what the heck does that back look like? How about Pittsburgh's Matt Baker being represented? A lot of this art is 60s and newer. Every now and then you will get a piece like 1946 and they'll have a little write up about it. Um, probably about how rare this stuff is because like you get into the forties and so little of that art actually exists today, let alone 
somewhere that you could buy it. Yeah, and it's got the whole bondage fantasy, which is very important, especially when you're talking Matt Baker. Yes, definitely. Um, so one note, they trim these things very tightly for the catalogs. And they make a note about that. If you want to see like the full on piece of paper, you can see it online in largeable images uh, and also where you would bid online. So pretty smart to uh, make sure you don't bury that lead. But it bums me out whenever you see the pages reproduced small like this. Like I want those big, I want the big reproductions. Oh, I know, man. I mean, you got a Brian Bolland right there. Like, the, like uh, clearly this is a giveaway the razor, sell the blades. Even, even though this thing costs 50 bucks, they, they, want, they want you to go to that website and really see these things up close. Yeah, and, and I would also say, as you're watching at home, keep track of the high-end quality of what these pieces are because the volume due to staggering. Yeah. When I think of how many of these things we were looking through the other week, right? how much of this art, like how many people are bidding on this stuff to get these into the thousands of dollars and the tens of thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands, but like Simon Bisley, Death Dealer painting, as you mentioned, Brian Bullen, Animal Man cover, and it's just stunning, the line work and everything. And these catalogs are full of it. Like how many people are participating in buying original comic book art today? Yeah. It's a much larger number than I than I gave it credit for. Yeah, those 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 dudes like like Mandel and them like he was talking about like you could go to uh, San Diego Comic Con just like pick up a Watchmen page and like it's no thing, but now there's like a lot of people who got their hands in it, dude. Look at that man, Silver Surfer one, reproduction. Okay, and they give really good notes on some of this stuff. Sometimes they'll talk about how the art is clipped, if there are pastes ups if there's uh, discoloring from rubber cement or anything like that, smudges, you know, they're very, very detailed gotta in what be. they're describing. Gotta be. It's so fucking expensive, man. Like, you gotta know exactly what you're getting. And I find it really interesting, like, you know, production trimmed top right corner, white out corrections, light residue staining and handling wear. Um, it's very interesting just how you're viewing this if it's something that you're selling. A lot of terms that we don't really cover when we're looking at artist editions or something we're often just focused on kind of the the craft of the art as opposed to the state of the original art primo era burn austin x-men pages first saber tooth appearance original art okay dude so like we we look at comics journal and man do you know what page that it's is 14 page seven <laughs> so, so like you could have bought this for 30 bucks out of uh comics journal number 37. Yeah. And I mean, you could look it up right now and see what it goes for the, uh, to, to the kayfabers out there. It's staggering to me, the amount of money that is in comic art right now. Sure. Um, even from 20 years ago, it wasn't like that. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. There are three different levels to suit all of your needs. At the King Kayfaber top level, you will get access to all of our videos first and earliest to help curb the Kayfabe effect. You'll be the first one in line to buy those books. And at the King Kayfaber level, you get to sit in on our recording sessions. So welcome to the Brain Trust. It is also brought to you by the books that we make. The books that you can get from me include Hulk Grand Design, The Plain Janes, and Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. These are all available currently in print. My upcoming releases include Street Angel Princess of Poverty, which will collect all of the Street Angel comics not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, and True Crime Funnies, my most recent self-published comic book. You can get this at my Patreon or at my website. Ed Piscor has a big year coming up, starting with the hip-hop family tree Omnibus coming out this fall. You can pre-order that and put your name on a copy now. It collects all the Hip Hop Family Tree comics in one handsome volume along with 140 extra pages. So reserve that one today. 
X-Men Grand Design. All three volumes of X-Men Grand Design will be collected in one trade paperback this fall. Again, pre-order that one today. Some of these Grand Designs have gone out of print, so this is a way for you to read X-Men Grand Design conveniently. And the third season of Red Room Crypto Killers is currently being published. You can get that at your local comic book shop. There are also two trade paperback volumes in print and available for order wherever you buy books and comics. And now back to our video. This is a great page here. So John Byrne Fantastic for 255, and it's a Daredevil, you know, is, is your feature. I see certain amounts of Frank Miller, but I also look at like these backgrounds because Byrne is so prolific. He's he's writing, penciling, and inking Fantastic for this issue. But you look at those backgrounds and you can almost see like shorthand, right? They look great. They look like a million bucks. But also from a drawing standpoint, flat buildings, you know, no perspective on that. And it just feels like, okay, you, you can study these and see like how this is done. You could do two or three of these pages a day. The other part that's noted, this is done two up. These are other fantastic four pages by him in here. They're just your standard one and a half times up. So I don't know if this was something that he had a little extra interest in or, or why that's drawn two up. Maybe the whole issue was drawn two up, but kind of wild. And again, that's what these notes really illustrate. Like they give the story of each of these pieces. He's definitely using like a fine liner that is not archival too. Cause like even with these scans, you could see that starting to fade red, a lot of these lines and things. Yeah, and you'll see that, and there are examples of that that are very, very, very obvious. Some of the lots are sold like two pages from Superman, Man of Steel, number three. Those are going as a lot. So you get both of those. Gene Colan, I think, I, oh, and John Tartaglione. Uh, beautiful page, right? Sometimes they talk about like what is the paste up, what is mechanically reproduced like a logo or a corner box. It's very funny to see how that detail is considered. And then Johnny Craig, and they go through and they talk about the qualities, right? Of like how grotesque, how morbid the bulge of bone is in his neck. <laughs> this is almost like what you would have heard in the 1954 Senate hearings about like, do you think that's appropriate? Right. And it's like, well, for a horror comic, that's great. <laughs> it's a virtue now, you know? It's it's like add a couple of bucks to your bid because uh, that's pretty special. It's that thing too, man, where, where Gaines had all of this art. None of these guys had any of it. Whenever eBay first became a thing that I could like search art and stuff, Lee Elias was somebody that I would always look up because he did a daily strip. Uh, he did some some of this golden age stuff, but he did the daily strip and is like an inker, a brush inker. He's as good as anybody with a brush. Dude, this is the strip where where Prince Valiant gets knighted by King Arthur. What do you think that's worth? Jesus. <laughs> they have the sizes too, 26 by 20 and three quarters. And that's only half the page. I think the so there I think the other piece is on here, but it may be a reproduction. And there's a couple of how fosters as we go further back, uh, and they kind of list those details, you know, like if it's missing a panel, you can see here like this is the two pieces, but you can see the seam, right? Where it's like drawn as two separate pieces of paper because of the scale. Twenty-six by thirty-four and a half. What is that? Three feet? Yeah, man. Thirty-six inches is, is three feet, so pretty much. Frank Frazetta studies for paintings. They have a price here. The uh, the fully finished cover sold for one hundred seventy nine thousand. I feel like that guy has to buy the study, right? <laughs> right. Why so not? You only have half a piece there, otherwise. Why not? Man? You want the whole story. I love this one just because I love lettering and logos. So it's kind of cool to see a Frazetta. You know, I don't know what that would have been. Some kind of masthead or a book front or something. Uncle Ron Friends. Ron Friends in here makes you wonder, like, wonder what he sold this piece for back oh. in the day. We know his prices were were low. Yeah, like, like something like that. Like, 
you know, I was talking about the $1 pages he had and the $5. That would be like Kicker's Ink and stuff, like like uh, nothing with a discernible Spidey on it or anything. So a couple of Watchmen pages here, and I always look at the dates they include, dates and sizes. I wish that everybody that would reproduce artwork, like in art books or anything, date and size, put it on every single page. But it makes me think like 1986 Watchmen, the John Byrne Superman pages, also 1986. Just do, doing zines of like the time period of like what's everybody doing and then what does history smile on? Yeah, I just read this issue a couple of days ago where the Joes, uh, there's, there's like a, a military, like a parade and then uh, the, the Cobras are, you like the the chicks with the batons and shit, like the, ma the majorettes and things. It becomes a whole battle. I love this. Blazing Combat in Central Park. Can't be an accident that they're using Blazing Combat there, right? <laughs> right. There's a lot of Russ Heath in this particular uh, auction. George Harriman, Crazy Cat. That's the other thing that these books do really well is having something like G.I. Joe on one page and Crazy Cat on the next. It's cartoonist kayfabe, man. It is in totally. A, in a nutshell. Yeah, completely. Joe Kubert had uh, Crazy Cats, man. Like, I would see them every single day, the, these these Harrimans on the, on the way to the classroom, dude. They'd be right outside in the hallway. I also love the idea that you've got Adam Hughes on this page and we saw Matt Baker you know, on the previous pages, like, it's just a weird snapshot, but it is comics history. Yeah. And again, these bum me out a little bit. You just can't see much detail whenever it gets this small. Nah, they want you, they want you to plug this into the Heritage Comics website. Yeah. And isn't the website like ha.com or something? Like, it's like that simple of a website? Yeah, I mean, it's between that and like, you know, comic art fans, like, I spend so much, anytime I Google some, some artist, Almost always, the returns come back from both of those sites. Sure. You know, painted art next to the black and white line art. And there are a few of these scattered throughout this auction, and I imagine most of them, but like stories, you know, multi-page right. lots that might be complete stories. This is a really great write-up. So Walt Kelly doing this for a paperback collection, and then talking about how Pogo starts his comic book, this is all just in a little write-up. Starts his comic book, he turns it into newspaper syndication, and then he's doing these book collections, which is almost, as they say, anticipating the graphic novel idiom. Yeah, I never that, thought about it, but... Uh, that sounds like Hignite speak. It does, but it's also, I can't argue with it, it's a trade paperback Simon & Schuster's putting out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, no idea that, that all, all this was done on the, on the page, you know, because this would probably be a separate color and stuff. Like, no idea that that's all, like, hand-done stuff. And he's so known for that great lettering, like, really showing it off in this you piece. You see it everywhere you look. You know, former Disney illustrator, so he has all of that locked in. But, yeah, this guy, they were not using his full superpowers. Right. Some Gil Kane. It is a, it is a wealth of, of material. Sam Keith from Marvel Comics Presents. We looked at that story. It's, it's one of my favorite. I mean, it made me Sam Keith, you know, for, for life. And then next to Jack Kirby's, Ed, what are we living in? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, if you'd have handed me this in 1995, 50 bucks would have been a bargain. Yeah. You know, I would have never, it took me decades to see this kind of artwork. Yeah, absolutely, man. I never thought I would get to see like a Watchmen original or anything. Did you, did you have any idea that like, these existed you no. know, print catalogs with this quality of reproduction there's your joe kubert yeah i was curious to see some some joe kubert in here man uh like comic art that, that's such a um high, high class kind of like like 
I don't even think about it. You know what I'm saying? Gary Larson. What's the size on uh, Gary Larson stuff? Because I've always been curious. The image size is six and a quarter by nine and a quarter. Nice. So I tell you, nine and a quarter is weird because it's almost a square. I feel like the six is almost represented, but I don't know about nine. Nine would be about here. So a little bit below actual size, but sure. pretty close. Sure. Like who knew that like all this like filigree is done by in-house? You know, that seems like a lot of extra work. Two J. Lee Hellshocks in their entirety. And there are a couple of these pages that are laid out this way where you get to see all of the pages on one. Uh, and uh, Kirkman bought those, right? <laughs> <laughs> Call him up. See if we can see these in person. Uh, but you know what? I kind of like seeing like an entire page laid out like this. Yeah. And it makes me think like if I do layouts and then have all of my finished art, like that's a cool way to show it online. Yeah. Like layouts next to that. It reminds me of whenever we looked at Steve Rude layouts and they're about that size. Uh, really need to see him translated. Jim Lee and Scott Williams. So you see like uh, a pretty good selection of Jim Lee art scattered across these couple of pages. Ghost Rider Jim Lee. This is another one though. I I'd love to see a full page of one of these. Sure. You know, name your poison. I don't care which one, but I just, this is about as small as I want to see any of this art reproduced and they go smaller sometimes. So that's my big criticism. You're talking about archival materials. Wow. Rob Liefeld, New Mutants 98. Look at what he was coloring that stuff it's, in with it's almost got faded away it really is and like you know there are these little kirby dots and things same deal like it it's just barely there that's crazy like like that was that was hung up facing the sun in somebody's house man yeah it, it really was and that's your lesson for everybody at home is like you got to protect this stuff even if it's under the uv protected glass it will still do this yeah that stuff is not a hundred percent um, Todd McFarlane, look at this page. For Todd McFarlane, we know his sold work for almost $600,000. A McFarlane-looking Superman yeah, man. as a splash. Not too many of those out there. That's true. I'd be curious what this goes for. And look at the names that are part of it. Keith Giffen and P. Craig Russell also involved in this original art. Yeah. It looks McFarlane-esque. No, it's Invasion. Yeah, like he, well, Keith Giffen wrote it. So so he provided the thumbnails yeah, I was gonna and say stuff. Layouts. And, and uh, McFarlane just did his thing over top. It's fun to think of uh, P. Craig Russell as being like the finisher on this. And then the finisher on like the uh, Rom Steve Ditko right. issues. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the cleanup hitter, man. Really bringing his his guy. So we've got a couple of uh, this is funny. Todd McFarlane and Danny Mickey spawn fifty story. So I always think of McFarlane. If you're gonna get his hand, it's in the inks. But in this case, he's actually working with Danny Mickey as an inker. I guess trying to emulate it because you know it looks very spawn very McFarlane esque. Yeah, the ink marks. So I think he's probably doing his best McFarlane impression there. This is one of the pieces we had talked about playing a game of what, what pages you'd take out of there. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but this is one because I love this cover and I always wanted to do a piece like if I were doing you know museum stuff where you would put the cover on the wall, right. like the comic book, and then draw you know like mural of that giant statuesque thing that he's fighting there. Nice Frank Miller Daredevil page at a nice size, too. That's from 167. I think that might be when he starts writing. He might start at 168 writing it right. completely. But it's a really good Daredevil piece. And Klaus Jansen on your inks, but it feels a little more Daredevil, a little more Miller than uh, than than Klaus. Jansen. Yeah. You know, I don't think Jansen's doing finishes yet. I think he's doing still doing the inks at that stage. Punisher Frank Miller from uh, 184. We got it. We got to do that uh, child's play set of stories man this is page one and they talk about like getting right into the action yeah again the commentary whoever is providing it good stuff you know they even cite like the uh the turtles stuff as being like 
you know drawing from Ronan number one the influence what this is so you're selling some shit man you gotta you gotta give it that context to, to get the rich guys who uh you went to part with their money to not have a uh, buyer's remorse you want yeah, them exactly. you want them coming back they mention how rare pages of this stuff is too rumor has it that most of the pages from this series Ronan have never left Miller's possession yeah that's what that's with all of it uh you know it's Lynn Varley who's sliding the stuff out it's you know famous story he holds on to all his stuff. And then I love whenever you see like Kevin O'Neill doing color on these pages. There are a few Kevin O'Neill pieces and he's like, this is watercolor. I think this is markers um, or color ink maybe. So I don't know if that might be, um, you know, Doc Martin dies right. whenever they talk about that. Yeah, because you see wash right there. But look how similar it is to the watercolor version of the clouds. Yeah. Very similar, but different, slightly different media, which again, give us the insight here because who knows the size of this 17 by 26 inches. This is a big piece. Yeah. This one is funny. George Perez and Jack Abel are the original artist. The coloring was added to the original. Is, after this, the a Steve, is this a Steve Olaf? I don't think the colorist is credited. Yeah, I think it is. But there are, there are those stories of guys that would buy original art and then they would have somebody color it. Yeah, yeah. Steve Olaf just did a big post on on his Facebook uh, and showing some stuff off. It was like before he was really a pro and, you know, he's using all kinds of unarchival kind of you know trash materials this is marker color yeah so like, that's not that's not archival yeah man and and you know what that that's that's kept well uh like they, they, they kept that shit in pure pitch black i'll tell you what that iron man is about as well colored as any iron man i've ever seen yeah it's beautiful it's just nuts to me that you're gonna get because what is this page it's a whole avengers team shot by george perez like what would this page be worth yeah, Probably man. worth a little bit less with that marker on top of it. Yeah. What'd you say when we were talking about that? Customer's always right, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny practice. There's a beautiful Perez piece, the Wonder Woman cover. This is Alex Raymond. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Look at look at that lush line. Like you, they just don't do that like that anymore, man. 21 and a half by 24 inches. Wow. No, you know what? 16 and three quarters by 19 and a quarter. I'm sorry, that other one was a frame size. But it's still, you know, bigger than a comic book page. Just gorgeous. Uh, some really good John Romita doing Spider-Man both as a page, but then also like the strips daily and Sundays. Those are gorgeous. Uh, give me this idea of the scale of those. Image area 10 by 15, four, four and a quarter. And a quarter. Very small. Like that that's small. a, um, that's, I don't even know like modern if it's drawn that small. That seems pretty small. Like the 10 and a half makes me think that he had like Marvel, you know, like regular Marvel size pages because they're about 10 inches. So, so it's less than like when you do a six panel grid those mm -hmm. panels are are bigger than the what he does the strips with just slightly they're almost the same size they're shorter yeah you know like a six panel grid's probably five inches tall and this is four and a quarter yeah but it is pretty small and then when you get the lettering in there like he's drawn pretty small but yeah. it looks so sharp you know like i like if you would have made me guess i would have guessed it was drawn gigantic just because of the precision of those inks this is a sunday strip and this is 21 by nine and a half which is essentially four of these, you know, two on top and then the width. So which is just hard to believe, man. Quite a bit larger, that top one. So you're doing basically 10 strips a week and I just, I don't understand it. Just amazing looking at these things. John Romita Jr. getting in on it. I can't remember if it's, uh, so here's a John Romita Jr. Klaus Jansen Superman 36 complete story. Again, I kind of like seeing these as much as I complain about them being small. It's neat to see the variety of like page layouts yeah. whenever they're all next to each other. And also the spotting of blacks, which not not a lot of black really in, right. that, in that layout. But maybe with Superman, you don't do it. 
Kurt Schaffenberger, so longtime Superman artist, look at how freaking clean that art is. Like that, the line is just, it's flawless. It's a perfect clean line. Def, definition of the DC artists of this time, you know, like like a um, Joe Kubert would really stand out. You know, Nick Cardi stands out. A uh, couple dudes, but so much of that was this exact thing with like, you know, the, the thick line on the underpart, the thin at the top, and just almost like, you know, Church of the Subgenius clip art type drawings. And and they were so literal. Like all those comics were so literal. If if uh like even when I I was reading this one where Superman's like talking to like, you know, Atlantean people or something, and their hair stayed like this, even underwater, you know, like they these guys they could draw the figure, but they had like no imaginations. I, I will tell you I do find this attractive. And probably the lower the house artists versions not as good but there's just something about that line that i find like it's machine like oh yeah absolutely you know like like some of the stuff i like about a charles burns i find attractive about that house style uh, a lot of charles schultz stuff is in here as well kind of neat to see him doing screen tone yeah would that be in the 80s uh 97. 97 this is pretty far along but they do go in chronological order so 56 69 70 and 71. Take a look at the the sizes on those. Maybe like, is he playing with different sizes as the years go by? This image is twenty seven inches by five and a half to give you contrast of what we were looking at with that. I mean, it's almost the John Romita Spider Man a third. It would be like this wide, right? You know, unbelievable. Um, this one is a little bit smaller. So in ninety seven, he had shrunk a little bit. This is 19 inches by five and a half. And it's interesting because the five and a half is the same. So they must've just got less wide at some point. You know, that would have been a change. Imagine making that adjustment to where like, now it's three squares wide right. instead of four. Kind of like whenever Kirby was cut down. Uh, Sunday pages from Charles Schultz, 69 and 66. This one they give some context is like the Christmas episode of Charlie Brown had come out the year before. And so the references to some of the stuff in that animated special is on here yeah it's wild like the historical stuff it makes me want to go through and just read all the captions of every one of these catalogs totally mike sikowski i see a lot of clouds in some of that dc house style yeah, absolutely i've been going through this stuff and like the literalness of and like the stiffness mm -hmm. absolutely Klaus is totally might be part that. of why i find that more attractive uh -huh. you know years ago i just dismissed it outright and now i kind of look at it and go oh yeah i kind of like that how clean it is bill sinkevich new mutants page demon bear story and then the uh daredevil love and war graphic novel that's amazing it really is it's printed better than in the damn comic yeah it really is <laughs> it really is might be printed better than the artist edition that is that is a really impressive print job and they call it mixed media, you know, like I want more details of like, what is that? What kind of paint? He doesn't people? know. He probably doesn't. He doesn't know. And the, the, the way he plays with shit. And then, you know, he'll use bleach on his paint. Maybe you don't want to say bleach. That's probably true. <laughs> uh, Barry Smith, including an actual Conan comic page. Imagine those are pretty rare. Steranko on the same page as Michael Turner, J.H. Williams, and Al Williamson and Dan Green. Blade Runner. Yeah, man got a video on that on the channel this is neat this this is one that i was thinking like again going back to the idea of like let's let's pick the pages that we would take if you could have three um i kind of like this in progress bernie wrightson and i can't make it out very well but i'm curious about the details that aren't inked there's right. not a lot of them there but you can see like wood grain and then you can see whatever the slip and stuff like the lace underneath the dress i feel like that would be a really cool thing to study up close 
It's so funny that in 2021, like, underground and alternative. Very bizarre words. Yeah. You know, like, like these are Robert Crumb and Dan Clowes, both sold bookstores, found Re- in libraries. Represented by the biggest galleries in the world. Yes. Yeah, how underground are they? How alternative are they? <laughs> Silly. But I, I would go for this one, too, just as a Dan Clowes mark, like a back cover for uh, David Boring hardcover. Yeah. Emil Ferris, my favorite thing is Monsters. I really enjoy her work. Being somebody that draws in, in ballpoint pen, I find it really interesting, her approach. Much more cross-hatching. Like, I tend to do, like, a value thing. Right. The cross-hatching, I think, is really attractive. Yeah, Basil Wolverton. Milo Minara. Just amazing what, what they have. So... That's a whole bunch of stuff, right? <laughs> now we get into the back half, which is all like six pa- pages per page at least. These are all a- Art Adams. You can't show me Art Adams the size of a postage stamp. <laughs> Come on, Todd. You're killing me here. But I was going through this, and I, I don't know that we'll go through all of this on here uh, because I don't know how much you guys can see at home with these little tiny images. I can't see much whenever I'm right here. I mentioned Neil Adams, his name is Savage Number 2, that I had come across one of these pages and I couldn't remember where. Here it is. I wish this was in print because I liked the first Savage and I feel like it'd be cool to see Neil Adams play in that format. What is that Mike Allred Peanuts gimmick, dude? I saw this somewhere and I can't remember where I saw it. It may have been reprinted in a Madman, but this was for like like a commemorative kind of Charles Schultz thing where a bunch of different artists contributed pages or comics. Yeah, it says Boom Studio. I think they did a, a Peanuts comic book that is not Charles Schultz. Right. Yeah, they definitely did. So it makes me a little bit annoyed at just the size of these. But as I was flipping through here, I start to think, like, I don't know how frequent these catalogs are published. We yeah. we got, I don't know, maybe 40 of them. And it covers a couple of years' time. It's not a very big window. So, again, I ask, how many people are buying this stuff? Yeah. Because... Hundreds of pages, hundreds of, of high-end pages are being auctioned off based on this catalog, and that's happening again and again and again. Like, we have, I could have picked one of 20 books like this, and we could go through it. And if everybody wants us to, ask for more. Yeah. Because they are pretty fun. Darwin Cook Parker Originals. Two up on one piece of paper there, and uh, each page is about seven by ten and a half, but if you look, you can see the blue toning. You know, he had that second color in those Parker pages lettering on the board yeah that's sick as hell man i need these <laughs> you know what though it's really close to the actual printed books yeah that's sweet man like he was uh, he was up for those and he might have got that lettering award when uh like i was nominated also and he was like oh you bastard and i'm like shut up darwin you know you're getting that <laughs> <laughs> so much rich stuff though alan davis jack davis don't jim say davis. Don't, don't say jim davis oh <laughs> uh, you can skip these pages man <laughs> so much of it though right i'll give you 10 cents Dan DiCarlo doing his uh, good girl art. Who's the mark that bought all that Garfield shit, man? It's it's hard to tell. Wipe your anus with it. Do you think all of this sells? Do you think any of this stuff like you know has limits and they're not hit? Al Feldstein, so you get like this EC art that's floating through. You know, like just Steve Ditko. Just in my experience with these with these auction houses, like when they recommend something, it's probably good to like stick with them, and and you'll hit it. That Michael Golden Punisher cover. Give Classic. it to me a little bit bigger, guys. Yeah. I wanna I wanna just stare at that line art. That's some primo era Dick Tracy Sundays right yeah, there. I was gonna man. say a couple of Dick Tracy's. It's really loaded. And again I say like what would be the fun activity is go through and price all this and tell me what, what this catalog's actually worth. Like what did this stuff sell for 
overall. You know, we looked at uh, Ash comics, the Kusada and Pomiati shit, and it issue five mm-hmm. is uh, a villain that the Hildebrands paint on every page and, and have Ash fight. Like that's that's a kayfabe worthy. I didn't realize they did at. the insides. I think I have that issue. Yeah, but, they, they, uh, they haven't they, looked inside. Every time you see their villain that they created, like they paint it, and it's this style with the line art. John Hegan's color production art for the Killing Joke, page twenty-five, and if you look, that's one of those great pages. But it's an overlay, you know. So he's working like blue line, and then it's a black overlay on top of it. Right. But eleven by seventeen, which was unusual for colorists, and maybe more common in blacklight or in uh, blue line era. But uh, that'd be a pretty sweet piece of up close airbrush. This piece is real famous, man. Because like, I think Pizza Hut or some something did like a Captain Universe tie-in comic or something, and and that was one of the pieces that went along with that. So I'm just gonna do a, cl- a quick let you guys see like just how much material is in here. But it is loaded, and like I say, see so some Sam Keith. We've got 20, 40 of these maybe. Right. Covering a couple of years, like business must be really, really good for the uh look eric larson savage dragon number two don't see a lot of eric larson pages from the dragon either yeah yeah i was surprised a lot of that stuff even makes it in here just because you know we know the guys who would snap that up in two seconds russ manning uh magnus robot fighters wouldn't mind looking at one of those up close and personal but it's just wild uh friend of the show steve mcniven amazing spider-man cover see a lot of his work if you follow him uh, it's always interesting to see his fine line work. Uh, Todd McFarlane, Mike Mignola. There's that Mike Mignola Hellboy Corpse cover. I can't believe that doesn't warrant its own large page <laughs> entry. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, you, you can't you can't sacrifice any of those large pieces. Yeah, they're I all those. It's true. Frank Miller and Joe Rubenstein Hulk postcard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just mind boggling. And I was looking at this thing this week. And I mean, it's it's like an artist edition. You get to the end of it, and it's just overwhelming with how much is here. Someone in the uh, comments says that uh, they send you a catalog if you bid. If you bid? Yeah. That's the way to do it, huh? To get on their $50 catalog <laughs> list. <laughs> Might be worth it. And maybe not after we divulge that information. <laughs> I do wonder, like, even what, what a print run for a catalog like this is. I mean, it's fine offset printing. Like, uh, it's got to be in the thousands. Yeah, you'd think so. Bill Sienkiewicz corner box recreation, but still the uh, New Mutants corner box. Dave Sim, Logan and Rockets, Joe Schuster Awards. What? Yeah, this is a really... I, I don't totally understand it. It's a 20 by 15 inch illustration piece. He draws big. And um, it was done... I think it showed in a couple of art shows. One, I think, was about uh, you know Joe Schuster Awards, a Canadian award. So one of them was for, I guess, a show in Canada, Wolverine being Canadian, but yeah, kind of kind of strange. But there are a few of those too. If you go through this, you'll find a few of those entries, like the Frank Miller postcard art of the Hulk. You know, you just kind of go, what what was this done for? Bruce Tim. He likes running the naked chicks, man. Preliminary cover for Batman, Harley, and Ivy, number one. Pretty neat, I think, seeing his uh, preliminaries. Scout cover by Tim Truman. Oh, such a mark for him. We need yeah. to check in with, with Uncle Tim. Yeah, we do. I agree. Had some great conversations with him early on, so it'd definitely be fun to go go catch up. Um, Al Williamson, Secret Agent, Corrigan, Daily Strip. 
he really kept that tradition going, man. That was 1977. Oh, man, some Wally Wood. Yeah, Wally Wood, including a Canon page. I have a, uh, a Canon pitch for a future episode that I've been uh, making notes on. Yeah, that's cool, dude, because I got the uh, issues of the Fantagraphics, so I'm imagining you got the book. I do, yeah. yeah. I see. This is one of the pieces that I would want. Jaime Hernandez from Whoa Nelly, and it's like the splash page of the Women's Texas Championship. Yeah, yeah, she really looks like uh, Adrian Adonis if, if he got the, the full surgery or something. That's oh, so that, that, that one right there, dude. All this Jaime stuff. Yeah, they're, they're all beautiful. That crumb piece that your uh, index fingers buy. Uh, Joe Sacco, uh, Char Charlie Manson is a pretty funny piece to get your hands on. This whole spread is pretty out there. Greg Irons, Dan Klaus. What's the Klaus piece? It's a Lloyd Llewellyn page. Uh, yeah. But it's pretty cool. It has like an ad too in the bottom third. That's sick. So into that. But there you go, guys. That is Heritage Auction Catalog from September 8th through the 12th, 2021. And really, this is just letting everybody know that these exist because there are lots of these out there, at least in terms of covering a lot of auctions. I don't know about print print runs, but as an artist edition kind of thing and for the historical notes, this is a great, great publication. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So shouts to the Kayfaber that sent it to us. Uh, if you're good, I'm good, Jimmy. Yep. Kayfaber's like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July uh, is happening last Saturday of uh, July, or maybe it just happened. Who knows? Depending on when this video goes live. Uh, the King Kayfabers on our Patreon have access to our videos before anybody else, so join at that level. It also gives you access to our live stream. we got a very uh, spirited chat room going on. About three dozen people in there right this minute. The vids are brought to you by the books that we make. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in time for the holidays this year. Uh, ten year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. We're collecting the four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree. Uh, 140 pages plus of new material uh, in time for the holidays. And uh, the X-Men Grand Design Omnibus, or excuse me, trade paperback is coming to you this holiday season collecting all of my X-Men Grand Design works. Uh, one volume of that is out of print as we speak, I believe. So this is your chance to get it all. Red Room, current focus of my attention. Uh, the or There are two trade paperbacks out there. Two issues of Crypto Killers are out right now. This is my last season of Red Room Comics. Issue three of Red Room Crypto Killers. It's going to have a backup feature that uh, has the characters I'm doing my daily comic strip about, which I'm going to be serializing on my Patreon. Make sure you get your hands on that. Uh, Jimmy, what books you got? Hulk Grand Design, The Treasury Edition, The Plain Janes, and Street Angel Deadly Scroll Alive, back in print from Image Comics. All of those books are available right now while supplies last. Uh, my next release is going to be Street Angel Princess of Poverty later this year. You can pre-order that one now, and that features all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Deadly Scroll Alive, so pick that one up wherever you buy books. And True Crime Funnies. This is my latest self-published comic featuring three non-fiction stories and currently out of print as a uh, print edition. However, you can read them all on patreon.com slash jimrug along with all of my new comics as I create them. You can also find a download of it on my website. So if you missed the print edition and you can't wait for a reprint, you can pick it up in those two ways. All good ways to support the channel. Jimmy, give them a few other ways to do it. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, fanny packs, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. There you have it. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.